Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Lakuthi Maharaj here. This is our 33rd class, all text-based classes, which can be found uh, on bribreslove.org or on my SoundCloud account at Naf Daily or Shai Sussman on SoundCloud. Tonight, we're continuing learning Lakuthi Maharaj Tenyana Lesson 12, means it's the second section in Lakuthi Maharaj, the 12th lesson, Rabbi Nachman's famous work called Aye Mikom Tavoda. Where are you? Where is your throne of glory? Hashem. This is our third class that we've been giving on it. And I were probably going to be doing another two more on this lesson. Uh, it's an amazing what we've been learning for those who haven't been following. If you haven't been following, you could totally start following this year right now. And a uh, Rabbi Nachman, I think, wrote 11 pieces in Lukut HaLachas on this lesson. So it's really, it's a very, very deep lesson. And Rabbi Nachman himself said this is, this is one of the lessons that you should walk with. And it has, this is one of his very, very important teachings. Now we'll do a recap of what we've spoken about and then we'll kind of jump right in. And tonight we're gonna to do a bunch of reading. So in the first class, we spoke about the need for simplicity, that there's a certain tamimus and pshitas to life. There's a certain uh, trust in Hashem, there's a certain amuna. Uh, that a person needs to have in order not to follow their after their own ideas, to put their own agenda aside, and just touch the simplicity uh, of life itself. And the next class, uh, last week, what we learned about is kind of the spiritual mechanics, as I like to say, of how the of how the spiritual system works that allows a person to connect to God, even in the darkest places. That I was calling it last week, like uh, the magic trick of life, so to speak, the illusion, how to see through the illusion, or what exactly is the illusion of life we were speaking about uh, last week. And this week, what I'm going to talk about, what we're going to learn together, is what I like to call the big reveal, our practical advice on how to pull away the curtain and see through the illusion or beyond the illusion, uh, beyond the magic trick of life, and actually connect to Hashem himself, the source of our life. Now, to summarize more specifically what we were speaking about last week, and we'll summarize with this, and then we'll jump kind of right into the lesson. We'll jump kind of right into the lesson, is uh, last week we were discussing that uh, Hashem's glory, Hashem's kavod, is found throughout the entire creation, even in places that seemingly are devoid of Hashem's kavod. So the question is, is, how could that be, right? If the place is, if if the place was completely devoid of Hashem, if the place was completely devoid of Elokos, of any level of divinity, so it couldn't exist. But yet we know, as Rabbi Nachman said, right? I'm not going to give my honor to certain places, meaning to say, in faith and sin and averas, it seems that there's no Hashem in these places. And that's why you actually need to stay away from these, these places. But paradoxically, uh, these, so that since these places are devoid of Hashem, since these places don't have Hashem in it, a person needs to stay away from it. But Rabbi Nachman was saying paradoxically that even in these places, even in Bateh Zara, even in places that he calls Makam Tanufim, uh, dirty, filthy places, places filled with hate, places filled with Avera, certainly Hashem could be found there. Because if the place was totally devoid of Elokos, if it was totally devoid of any divinity, 
then a person would not be able to, it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist in this world. So Rabbi Nachman is really struggling with issue, this issue, and he's teaching us how could it be that a place that seemingly is devoid of godliness, that there's a huge smoke screen in front of it, there's a huge illusion of it, how could it be that that place has divinity to it? So at this point, Rabbi Nachman a, introduces and teaches us about the idea called the mimer sasun, the hidden mimer, or the closed mimer, which is also known as the mimer voracious, meaning the first saying that Hashem said when it created the world was voracious bara elokim. In the beginning, Hashem created the world, right? right? So that those words voracious, that's called the mimer sasun. It's called the concealed mimer. It's called the the hidden mimer. And there's something so potent in that mimer, in that saying of Hashem, the first of all the asara maimara shenivra olam, the first of all the 10 sayings that Hashem used to create the world. There's something so potent in that saying, the words voracious itself, that it's able to sustain even the darkest and darkest of places. It's able to go and like in a covert operation, as I was calling it last week, it's like an incognito tab on the internet. It's able to go even to dark, the darkest, most tumidic places, totally undetected and totally unscathed. So therefore, Rabbi Nachman was explaining that it's precisely in the darkest, most darkest places, those places themselves are sustained by the mimer sasum, this concealed and closed mimer, the mimer of voracious. And therefore, these hidden places have the most potent level of Kedusha. So it comes out that the darkest, most filthiest, most dirtiest place is actually sustained from the highest, most potent level of Kedusha. And this is something that Rabbi Nachman says that it's really us to think about, and it's something that we can't really wrap our mind around, that it comes out that a place that is dirty actually has higher Kedusha in it than a place that has revealed Kedusha to it, right? So it's, it's, it's a pretty wild thing. How could that be? But nevertheless, in this context, a, uh, in, this, in this context, Rabbi Nachman is saying that, yes, it's true, a dirty place has a certain potent level of Kedusha because it's sustained through the Mimer Eli and the Mimer Sosim that a place of revealed Kedusha doesn't have. Now, before we jump in, we're going to learn what does this have to do with us? Okay, so that's how it works. That's how the illusion works. So there's a very filthy place to sustain with a very high potence level of Kedusha, like the incognito tap, right? It's able to go kind of undetected under the radar. So what does that have to do with me and you, <laughs> right? So here, Rabbi Nachman is going to talk more deeply what he's going to say, I am a Kavodo, a person needs to search out and find the honor of God, where in all this. So again, this is practical advice on how to find your way out of the darkness to actually pull the curtain away to see the big reveal, to see the master magician himself, the one who's creating the illusion that is none other than Hashem. So now with that, we're going to jump right in. Let me go to the screen share. Okay. Screen share. You guys could see that? Okay. So we're starting Beautiful. again. This is lesson 12. Uh, in Lukutimaran, uh, and we're starting 
from this highlighted place on the bottom, as last week we ended with the line, and this is incomprehensible to the human mind. So now we're going to start over here. The uh, Alkane, therefore, and this is like class of Breslover, physic and encouragement, and so deep, so profound, right? The Alkane, therefore, when a person falls, Hold on. Uh, when they fall to these dirty places that we're speaking about. We're talking about these dirty, filthy places. And a person falls to doubt and question and alternative thoughts and just tremendous confusion. Then a person starts to look at themselves. And a person begins to see, I'm actually very, very far from the cover of Hashem. And you go ahead and you ask and you search, where is your place of glory? That after a person himself sees that he's actually far from Hashem's cover, after he fell to these places, and this is how you fix it, this is how you mend it, this is the tikkun, and this is how you're going to raise yourself that it becomes an aliyah, uh, ascent for you. That a falling itself is an aliyah, like it's brought in the svarim. Because where is your honor? Where is your place of honor? Right? This is the, the kavod elyon, the elevated honor that is from the mimer elyon, which again is the mimer sasun, the concealed mimer, right? Which is the mimer of Bereshis, which is also called, as he's showing us, Rabbi Nachman, that this is called the mimer elyon, the highest, most exalted level. The high no mimer sasun Bereshis which is the Mimer Sasa, which is voracious, Kanal, Kedizkor La'el, like the aforementioned. Because this is the, the life force in these dirty, filthy places gets sustained through it, through this Mimer Elyon, the Mimer Sasa. Nimsa. So it comes out. When a person searches out and seeks where is God in all this? Where is your place of glory? This itself, this brings a person back and raises them to the level and connects him to the kavod elyon, which is an aspect of ayeh. Because from it went from its great hiddenness and its great concealment, the Mimer Elyon gets is sustains all these places. The Aksha and now Al through the virtue of the fact that you fell to these places, the and you search out and find and you ask, God, where are you in this? Where is your place of glory? So now you pull away the magic curtain the big reveal, and now you yourself connect to the Mimer Elyon. Umechaye es nefiloso, and you bring life to your fallenness. The Ole ha'aliyah, 
and you get raised, you get raised to the highest of the highest of the highest places. Okay, guys, we could stop here. Share done for tonight, and I'll see you next. Guys, this is impressive. That a person falls to the lowest of the lowest of the lowest places. But like we've been learning, how are the lowest places sustained? Through the Mimer Elio. So the highest level of Kedusha is sustained in the lowest places. So therefore, when a person searches out God in these places, in the most deepest, most darkest, most decadent, devoid of Elokus places, then they're able to pull away the curtain of the magic trick and they say, I am a Kavodo. God, where are you in all this? That itself allows a person to connect to the Mimer Sus and the Mimer Elion. And now your Eurida gets flipped and turned into an Alina. Now all the falling, your descent turns into an ascent, your falling now becomes an elevation for you. So, so this is incredible. Again, this is, this is amazing. So obviously over here, not only does Rabbi Nachman mean physical places, a person falls to physical dirty places. As I've mentioned in previous years, I like to think of Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. <laughs> hey, but not only that, obviously Rabbi Nachman means emotional and spiritual places that when a person's filled in a low state of worry and anxiety and depression, and a person has a certain level of trauma, and it's only natural to ask yourself, Hashem, where are you? How did you let this happen to me? Where are you amongst the illusion? Where are you amongst my bitter feelings? Where are you amongst the traumas of the past, right? So that itself, the chippus, the search, and the desire that a person has, that itself is the tikkuna. Right? That itself is the thing that brings you out and allows you to connect to the Maimar Elio. It's like I once saw in Rav Tzadik HaKohen, in Sitka Satsandik, that uh, Rav Tzadik says that there, uh, one tefillah that gets answered every single time you dive in for it is a tefillah for tshuva. You ask Hashem, Hashem, please draw me close to you. Because that itself is tshuva. <laughs> right? Tshuva's on your outside, you're on the outside. Now you're asking Hashem, bring me close. The very fact that you said those words, Hashem, bring me close, that itself is tshuva, and that flips you on the inside. So to over here, Hashem is saying, Rabbi Nachman is saying that when a person has such difficulty and such challenges, physical, emotional, spiritual challenges, and a person searches out, Hashem, where are you in all this? That itself, the very fact that you're searching for God and you're trying to find God in it, that itself is the tikkuno, that itself is the fixing, that itself is the very thing that turns your difficult uh, trauma or anxiety or worry or depression, your very difficult yerida, that itself makes an uliyah, that itself brings a tikkun for it, that a person's able to make sense out of their experience of life through searching ayin God, where is your glory in all this? Where, where is your honor? It's like, I can't, I can't uh, help but think about COVID, you know? Like, where are you in all this, Hashanah? So when a person looks and a person looks and a person searches, you're able to see how, like, it totally points towards God. No one understands anything about it, right? The entire thing points towards God towards the Rabboni Shalom. But it's only when a person searches and a person sifts and a person 
really, really looks IA. God, where are you in all this? I just can't see you. When you search IA, you pull away the curtain. Now you connect to the Mimer Sus and the Mimer Ratius, the Mimer Elio. Okay. Hold on a second. We're going to go back to the screen share over here. Hold on. Back to the screen share. There we go. Hold on. That was the wrong screen share. Hold on a second. There we go. Okay. Now Rabbi Nachman's gonna, he's going to bring this full circle and explain more deeply and Kabbalistically how this goes. This aspect of this is like the korban ole, an elevation korbaning, korban, sacrifice, that brings atonement for uh Kirhor Halev, the fluctuations of the heart. Kemosha Amru Rabbisenu Zerchonu Lerocha, like Chazal say, Kemosha Kasav, Ba'ola Aruchacham, Sha'ola Mechaber Arhirhor. That it says that the Ola went on their Ruach, that this Chazal brings, that the Korban Ola, it brings atonement for Hirhor, for thoughts, uh, unwanted thoughts, intrusive thoughts, self doubt. He's going to explain this little drush over here. I don't want to get too bogged down in it, but he's going to explain it. Right? There is an aspect of my heart is surrounded. There is a klipa. The klipa is like a husk or an impeding negative spiritual force. That it bends and surrounds the heart. With tremendous confusion and and doubts, you know, it's like a person says, like, a, like I like to think like racing thoughts, like it just keeps racing around your mind like a circle. We're going to explain this a little bit. And this is an aspect of the klipas noga, a certain klipa. And therefore, it's called surrounding. Targum shall saviv. Sechor, sechor. That it translates of schar, char is sechor, sechor, which means to encircle. Bechinas benogelo sabiv. That it says that the light was surrounding them. That's in Yechezkel's vision of a uh, of Hashem's chariot that says he saw the angels and the noga was sabiv and the light was surrounding it. Kihi bechinas targum. Again, this is all going to come clear. Uh, this is an aspect of targum of the targum translation. Kamuva, like it's brought, but Al can see the Lashon Targum. And therefore it's written in Lashon Targum. That's why Scharchar is Sakhor Sakhor means surrounding Targum. We're gonna explain this in a minute. When a person falls to these places, which is an aspect of filth, the And then a person from the depths of their heart with honesty and sincerity calls out, God, where is your place of honor? Where are you in all this? This itself brings the fixing. Because then a person returns himself to the covered elyon, like we've been saying, which is the highest, most potent level of Kedusha, which is hidden there. Which is like 
which is the aspect of IA, like we've been saying. Okay, so let's just explain this. Let's do the recap and explain because he started talking about Klipas Noga and Targum. So what's Klipas Noga? We know that there are many different Klipas, which are spiritual negative forces that want to hold us down and stop us from serving God. Kind of like an onion. A klipa literally means an outer shell. So there are many outer shells that surround the heart. In specifically, Rabbi, in specific, Rabbi Nachman high, high, highlights that that uh, targum, the targum translation, is like the klipas noga. So let's just explain a little bit what this means. So the klipas noga, these husk of noga, what we're going to call it, noga gets translated as either light or to touch. So the klipas noga is filled with light, and it could you could touch it, so to speak, which means uh, it's ma'urav, it's mixed of good and bad. So the klipas noga is really a swing klipa. It could kind of go in either direction, right? It, it, it could go, it can go either way. So that's why it has light contained in it from the word noga, Aramaic for light. And it also means to touch like nogea, like touching on something because it contains light in it, but it could move in either direction because it's a mixture of good and bad. So this, I like to think of Klipas Noga as a swing klipa, that it could go in either, again, it could go in either direction. So if this is an aspect of Targum, right? Why is this an aspect of Targum? Because we know everything there, we know between there's Lashon Kodesh, there's Targum, and then there's other languages. So Targum, the language of Targum, of the Aramaic translation of Hebrew, like Targum Unculus, it's, it's a mamutza, it's a bridge. It's a bridge between Hebrew and the rest of the languages. So this mamutza, this bridge of Targum, it's like a swings, it's used to traverse, right? So it's the same thing as Klipas Noga, that the aspect of Klipas Noga is this thing that could kind of move in either direction you could use the klipas noga in order to, in order to access the citra, citra akra, the other side, or you could use the klipas noga in order to incorporate it and engulf it in the citra de kedusha, uh, in the holy side. So therefore, when a person uh, falls in a low state, or a person is, a person, let's say, a person falls em emotionally, right? So you fall emotionally and you start uh, wondering to yourself in disbelief, how did I come this far? Or how did I, how did I fall to this situation, right? So this itself is an aspect of Noga, which is an aspect of Targum, which is this swing, either way, why? Because a person can look at their experience of life and they, they, can say, they could say, look at me, poor me, and they could use it to bring themselves further down. I'm such a sinner, I'm such a chote, uh, I need to be more anxious, I need to be, I need to beat myself up and I need to run myself down, right? And that will bring you to the sitra or that will bring you to the negative side. Or a person who falls emotionally, they can try to look at it and say, okay, you know, I fell, but I could pick myself up. I could start again. It's okay to have the feelings that I'm feeling, right? So, so again, when a person falls to these low places, Rabbi Nachman is explaining that when a person searches out IA, so that itself is like the klipas noga. You're bringing a tikkun to the klipas noga, which is engulfing it and encompassing it to the side of Kedusha. Because now you're in this low place. It seems like it's devoid of God. But now that you search out ayin ikum kavodo, 
Hashem, where are you in all this? So that itself brings the tikkun. So now you take this klipas noga and you inculcate it or you uh, absorb it uh, into the side of Kedusha, which makes your Yerida and Aliyah. Awesome. This is awesome. But again, it all starts with, it all starts with, Searching and searching and searching. Aye, 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 aye. Hashem, where are you? Where are you? And where are you? Okay, back to the screen share. Okay. Let's see. Where are we up to? Okay. Vizebuchinas Ola. Hold on. So that's what Rabbi Nachman was saying. That it's like, it's like the, uh, it's like the Korban Ola because. The korban ole, it's metakin for the kirvor halev. So when a person brings that korban, right, it's, it elevates the entire thing. And it elevates all their averis and elevates all their self-doubt, which is what Rabbi Nachman started with originally, that a person needs to live with a certain mental simplicity and non-complexity they need to approach life. Okay. We'll bring it full circle when we read more. ole, And this is like an ole, the korban ole, the elevation. And this brings us to next week's Marsha, Vayera. Uh, where is the sheep for the Ola? That this searching out Hashem is the Sela Ola, is the sheep that is brought for a sacrifice. That brings atonement on the sin, on the, on the thoughts of the heart. That came from the filthy places that were aforementioned. Through searching out So now everything gets fixed. And this is what's brought at the end of the Tikkunei Zohar. What is the word voracious for? Right? It's a compound word of baratayish. Hashem created the lamb. That's the lamb, the set that gets brought as a korban ole. And when a person searches out, that itself is the ole, that itself brings the aliyah, and that allows you to connect to the ole, to the aliyah, that elevation of Bereshus, because Bereshus is the compound word of Baratayash. Hashem created this, this uh, goat, this set. We'll speak about that in a minute, if uh, you guys are wondering. Okay, I know it's more intense tonight, right? But uh, let's just explain what Rabbi Nachman just said, right? So, where's that from? Next week's Parsha, Yitzchak, right? What happens is, is that Abraham, his entire life, Yitzchak's walking with Abraham, and Yitzchak's wondering, where's God? My father, his entire life dedicated to monotheism, to spreading Hashem. His whole life was against the Bodhisattva. Now he's going to bring me as a korban? Me? So you see, Yitzchak started falling into a certain kirhor halev, a certain self-doubt, right? So what does Yitzchak do? What, is, what does Yitzchak do? Because he's so confused and he's, he's just wondering, like, what, my father's going to check me for a Bodhisattva? It, it completely... Threw him for a loop. So what does Yitzchak do? He searches out Aye. He says, Aye Sela Ola. Hashem, where are you 
in all this? Where is the sev le'ole? Where is the korban that is mechaper on the hirhor halev, on the self-doubt that I'm having right now? So when he searches out aye sev le'ole, where is the where is God in all this? Where is the korban ole that's going to be mechaper for my hirhor halev? Where are you in all this confusion that my father is going to go against his monotheistic views and go ahead and chef me and bring me as a sacrifice? Where are you, Hashem? That itself brings the tikkun. That itself is what gave Yitzchak clarity in order to be the Sela Ole. And we know what happened on Akedah Yitzchak. Imamish was the biggest aliyah from the darkness of the confusion it says Yitzchak Mamish received the new neshama, and all these amazing things happen until today, right? It says, right? He took, Avram Avinu took the knife, that the knife is called the ma'acheles, something that eats away, because when you have a knife, it eats away. So I once saw in the Svasemis, he says, why is it ma'acheles, a knife eating away? There are other ways you can say knife. Sakim means a knife, right? Why is ma'acheles? Because we're still eating the benefit and reaping the reward of a Kedis Yitzchak. So it turned out to be the biggest aliyah. So, so Yitzchak, he's searching for clarity and a tikkun for the hirhor halev that he was happening at that moment for the, if I could use these words about Yitzchak, for the anxiety and depression and the confusion and the lulam and all these things that are happening to him. And then he searches out, where is the korban ole? Where are you? And what's the that's voracious. Why is that voracious? Because Rabbi Nachman is explaining that the Kunim say, voracious is a compound word of baratayish. He created the say, he created the lamb. So he was built into creation. The first words, Hashem made the ability to go from the darkest place to reach the highest level of Kedusha, the Mayim Elion, to reach the level of Keser, Mamish, Mamish, the highest level. So Yitzchak was connecting to Bereshis, the Sela Ole, which is Baratayish, the, uh, the lamb, right? The Korban Ole, in order to bring a Tikkun to his situation. Guys, anyone want to add anything so far? We're going to read more. This is, this is amazing. Keep it going, keep it going. That Yitzhak understood the secrets of creation, that Hashem planted in the creation, embedded in the fabric of our lives, the ability to pick ourselves up no matter what happened. And Yitzhak revealed to us this secret, and Yitzhak deeply knew and understood and appreciated this. And that's why he was searching for Hashem, saying, I, Yisela Ole, he wanted to connect to the Mimer Bereshis, the Mimer Sasum, the Mimer Netlam, because he understood Bereshis is the word Baratayish, that the Sela Ole, that a person, even in the most darkest places, they could connect to the Mimer Elyon by searching out Aye Mukumkilodo. Where are you? Where are you? There's nothing left to do other than smile, guys. We're going to read more because Rabbi Nachman says more, but Lamaisa, this is great. Okay, we're going back in. Okay. And this is an aspect of Chuva. Right? This should be understandable, right? The main chuva is when a person goes searching for the honor of God, 
for the Kavod of God. And a person sees how far he is. And he longs and he searches and he's pain. Where is your Kavod in all this? This itself is your Chuvaso. This itself is the Tikkun. And that's something you need to understand well. So like we were saying before, when a person, the very fact that a person is searching ayeng and asking God, where are you, Wallace? That itself is the tikkun. That itself brings the olam. It's like I often, I often think about it in my, in my practice as a therapist. Like I often point out to clients, like they're disturbed by like, why am I in such poor mental health? Or why did this happen to me? Or more existential things about God, like, like, why is God doing this to me, right? So I always like to point out the very fact that you're bothered, that you're not, that you feel not mentally healthy, that itself is coming from your mental health. The very fact that you're bothered, where is God in all this? Or what happened to Hashem, right? If you scale it back, you see that itself is the tikkunah. That itself is divinity. So the process of searching out Hashem is itself the tikkuno, is itself the thing. Back to the screen share. Okay. Let me say one more point on this for a second. So up until now, up until now, it seems that, you know, you might say to yourself, if you're part of the shear, you're listening to the shear, you might say, well, I don't feel totally lost in life. You know, I kind of feel regular. Like, my life's not falling apart. Maybe it is. I don't know. But maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe you feel regular. So, like, you might be thinking, well, this doesn't really apply to me. Like, my life's not so destitute. I'm just a regular guy. Okay, I struggle. But, I mean, all this, right? So, we're going to see how not only does Rebbe, in the words we're going to read now, this is, this is so important to understand that not only is Rebbe Nachman, as we see, speaking to the lowest common denominator, the, the worst person, so to speak, right? Speaking to the Russia or a person who uh, feels themselves as such an evil, low person. We're going to see how Rebbe Nachman not only speaks to the Shain, but he speaks to the Tzadikim. That this advice, I applies to you no matter where you are in life. And with this, there's a lot of things to say. When a person's going on his way, or a person's going in spiritual ways, then the Torah walks in front of him. That in your goings, the Torah will rest with you. That's the context over there in that passage. So what does it mean that the Torah is going to be resting with you? There is many aspects in this. Every person according to his, his Torah. And every individual has their own Torah. And every person according to his Torah. And before every Torah, there is an aspect of doubt. Kigon Torah. 
like in novel ideas in Torah. Chiddush in Torah. Before a person comes to a chiddush, there's a counterforce, there's a lot of doubt and confusion. Before a person clarifies and whitens and shines his chiddush, like fitting. And these sveikas are like the etzadas tovera, the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Which is like the aspect of Noga, like we've been explaining. Noga is a mixture of good and bad, right? It can go either way, just like the tree, just like the Eitzadas is Torah, right? It can go either way. And when a person comes to the Torah itself, this is like the tree of life. Going to the, uh, going to the, just to explain this a little bit, right? So just like the Torah, accompanies you no matter where you are in life, the Torah adapts to you. It's like no matter what level you're on, no matter how much of the Talmud Chacham or Tzadik or how much scholarship you have, the Torah accompanies you. And a person gets insights into Torah. And a person and a person learns different things. So Renat is teaching that each person has his own Torah that he needs to walk with. And that Hashem wants that Hashem wants different things from us at different points in our lives. So what this means is just to like put it all together, really. It's like when a person's is in Torah, right? A person has the insight into a person works on different Torah ideas, right? So Rabbi Nachman is saying that even a Talmud Chacham needs to go through this process of ayin. That even a Talmud Chacham, even, or even a regular person, like we were saying before, needs to go through this process of ayin of sifting out and clarifying, right, his schiddish in Torah. Because when you siftify, when you sift and you clarify your novel idea in Torah, that Torah now comes with you wherever you are in life, and it's able to kind of, kind of show you the light. It's like, it's like the same way that a person is able to search out Aye Mekom Kivodo, a person is able to search out Hashem. Where are you in all this? So when a person's Torah goes next to them, they're able to reveal the Torah that's malubush, that's tucked away in that place where he finds himself in life. And this is something that every Tamakachim needs to go to, every Tzadik needs to go to. They need to go through this process of searching out, Hashem, where are you? And then you go through this process of being malubun, of being confused. It's like you open up a Gemara, right? Like you open up a Gemara and you're like, what in the world does this say? It's like Chinese, right? And then a person has to break their head and they have to work slowly. And they have to say, okay, this is the this is the back and forth. This is the question. This is the answer. Oh, this is what Rashi says. Oh, what's Rashi? What was bothering Rashi? Oh, that was bothering Rashi. Wait a minute. How does that fit in the words? Right? Oh, 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 okay, that makes sense. Oh, what is posed? Is he arguing on Rashi? What was he bothered by? Oh, what? right. And you go this, you go through this whole place of sifting and clarifying and asking Aya. Right? And this is what the, the Gemara brings. I was also thinking that the Gemara brings. Uh, it says, it brings a pasuk in Eicha that says, hoshivani. In darkness, I was returned. So the Gemara says, Zubavli. This is Tamu Bavli. Right? Because he's, he's bombarding a question saying like, okay, you're a guy, but what about a tzaddik? What about Tamu Bavli? He also needs to search out Ayin? The answer is yes. Even the tzaddik needs to search out Ayin. Right? So uh, again, the Gemara says, hoshivani. I was surrounded in darkness. Zubavli. 
So every time a person learns Gemara, they're throwing themselves into darkness and they need to ask, Aye, Hashem, where are you in all this? Right? Every time a person has a Chiddush in Torah, every time a person learns a new halacha and they clarify and so they're going for this clarifying process of connecting Hashem, asking, asking, where is God? Where is God uh, in this? And to bring it full circle, to bring it full circle, and just plugging in some variables over here, I, I was, I, as we've been preparing this year, and I've been learning this with everyone, like I've been really able to learn it, like, and really think about these things. I, I've learned this dozens of times, you know, but really, when you prepare for shear, you start to put together some of the details that you didn't, you haven't put together. Where's the pasuk of I even come kavodo? What's the context of it? The context is in Sefer Yeshaya, Perik six, I believe. And in Sefer Yeshaya, Perik six, what is it? It's Yeshaya Hanavi's vision of Hashem's Merkava. Right? It's the Maisa Merkava of Yeshaya that he saw Hashem's chariot. So what does it describe over there? <coughs> right? There's a lot of famous Tukum we say, like in, in Kaddish. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Right? Mulokarats, Kavodo, right? Hashem. Right? Holy, holy, holy. Right? What's that? It's the Ayyei Mekom Kavodo is from the same chapters, from the same Tukum over there. Uh, so what is it? That Yeshaya Navi, he has this heavenly vision. He has this Merkava. And all the Malachim are around Yeshaya Hanavi and he sees the Malachim. And what do they say? Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Holy, holy, holy is Hashem. And what else do the Malachim say? Hashem, where is your honor? Where is your glory? Meaning to say, Yeshaya Hanavi was in Shemayim. That Malachim were in Shemayim. You don't think they knew where Hashem's glory was? They're Malachim. The answer is, even on the highest levels, even when a person reaches the highest levels, like Yeshaya Hanavi, watching the Maisei Merkava in front of him, and he sees the angels praising, even there, there's an eye in the Kavoda. And on every level a person reaches, there's an eye, there's where is God in all this. As Yeshaya Hanavi was watching all the Malachim say, eye in the Kavoda. Where are you in all this? So not only does the lowest person need to go through, through this process of never giving up and searching on Ayin and understanding there's a fixing for everything and everything can be brought to its proper place and searching Ayin itself brings the Tikkun, connects you to the Maimonella, right? But even a Tzaddik, when they're Mechadish, Chadushe Torah, or Atam or anyone for that matter, even on the highest levels, like Yeshaya Nabi, who's watching the Maisim Merkavah and Shemayim, the angels are now asking, where are you? Because on every level a person is, it's not just you say, okay, I did tshuva, that's it, one-time deal. Right? No. Rabbi Nachman explains in lesson, above, you have to do tshuva on Gabi tshuva. You have to do tshuva on top of your tshuva. You have to keep going from level to level to level to not stop where you are to keep on searching and clarifying, even on the highest level where you are, I am comfortable Okay, guys. Any uh, questions, comments? Letter to the editors? Anyone want to add anything? Hard to top this one. This is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rabbi Nachman said, we started this year, Rabbi Nachman said his, his two most important pieces of advice were Nikudas Tobas, which we have, I believe, five Shiraman we learned about our point of resilience and finding the good, and Aye. 
He said that if you have these, uh, Reb Nassim explains them in Hilchus Tchumen on Shabbos. And he says that if you have these, he calls them the Gvul HaKedusha, the boundaries of Kedusha. That if a person has these two pieces of advice of finding your good, being self-content, accessing your innate well-being and your point of resilience, and at the same time, searching for Hashem, the chippos, cultivating desire, if you have these two pieces of advice, you'll never go beyond the Tchum Shabbos. You'll never, leave the, you'll, you'll never go beyond the boundaries of Kedusha, of constantly seeing that no matter where you are, to search out Aye, and at the same time, finding the good in yourself and harnessing your innate wisdom and your innate well-being, right? So if you have these two, he says, that's the Alpayim Amma, the 2,000 Amma you get. One Amma, the 2,000 distance that a person can get, since they're not walk past on Shabbos, past the Chub, he says 1,000 corresponds to Aye, and the other 1,000 corresponds to Kudus Tavus. And if you have these two pieces of advice, Aye, Mekom Kivodo, right? So a person can go from level to level to level to level, and it's an amazing advice. Next week, we're going to learn further. We didn't actually finish the piece. We have one more paragraph about. And also, we're going to learn from some Lakut HaLachas on this. Reb Nassim explained this. We'll see a piece in Hilchus Tzitzis, that a person who writes Tzitzis in the bathroom. He talks about how that corresponds to the Mimer Elyon, and Tzitzis are made out of wool, the Sela Ola. There's a lot to talk about there. And your Tzitzis could go into dirty places. And also, I don't know if we're going to get to it next week, but I very, very much want to learn a little bit of Lakute Tfilas inside with everybody to really like get to Tfila of Aye and really flesh it out more. So this is amazing learning this with everyone. And uh, have a good Shabbos, everyone. Shkaya, thank you very, very much. Shkaya, thank you. everyone.